I swear we're not drunk this time. Oh, hi there. Hi. Are you talking to me? Yeah. Hey. Well, I was talking to them, too. Oh. It's episode 57 of Should We Be Talking About This? I'm Chance. The motherfucking podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm Chance. <laughs> what? Don't do it. Our last one was a debacle. Don't start <laughs> it off this way. I'm Rachel. And I'm Chance. You've said... Okay. Again. Listen, I do want to apologize for last episode. We can never drink and record again unless it's a drunk drunk zone. That was rough. That was so bad. Yeah. And what sucks is that I never listened to anything. But then when we started getting comments and DMs about how people could tell we were drunk, I was like, oh, no. So I went back and I listened. And I said the same thing over and over and over again. And what's crazy is that we only had a couple of drinks at dinner. It's not like we were right. hammered. I don't know, man. We can't We can't do that anymore. Maybe it was my poor editing. You did edit after you had been drinking. Yeah. That night. Yeah. But it's not like we continued. I don't know. I don't know. It was a it was a poor choice. So I apologize. Well, Charlie got out. Yeah, our dog. We have a we have a special guest in our studio today. <laughs> so that night that we recorded that afterwards, our dog got out of our house and he's gone out several times. But this time he stayed out all night long, and I just cried myself to sleep. It was miserable. It was pretty bad. But the next morning I went to go take our daughter to school, and he was sitting on our front porch. He found his way home. He did. Asshole. But now he has a huge gash in his paw, and we have to keep it bandaged up, and he keeps trying to eat the bandages, so he is joining us in the studio today so we can yell at him for eating his bandage. Hey, Charlie. He's not going to answer. Oh, he picked his head up. He's mad. <laughs> Anyways, join our Patreon. Yeah. Join our Facebook. Yep. All those things. It's perfect. We're going to come out with a conspiracy this week, so that's exciting. Yeah, I'm doing one. I can't wait. I have so many ideas for my conspiracies, but every time I put them into Google and I'm like, hey, is this happening? Google's like, no, you just think that, bitch. No one else does. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I want to do one, which I'm my next one. I want to do one on the idea that I think that there's a species underneath the sea that we are actively at war with. Yeah. I, I, you've talked about this before. I enjoy that conversation. I have all these theories yeah. that we are actively at war with a species that could do harm to us that lives in the depth of the ocean. But when you put that in Google, people are like, what? what? <laughs> like they don't, no one else, I don't know. So I'll have to do a lot of deep digging on some Reddit threads to figure that one out. But you're doing this week's conspiracode. Yes, I am. Can you tell me what it's on? There was a massive explosion that happened mm -hmm. in Siberia, and it could have been a black hole. What? That ripped Fuck. through the earth. <laughs> yeah. There's a few different theories that we're going to go over. Wow. Okay. I'm excited about that one. So that's coming out on Patreon this week. So join if you want to hear it. And for this episode, we decided that Chance doesn't have to do a book report. Yay. Because Chance was stressing out about a topic and he couldn't find one. And I thought it only fair that since I didn't do a book report... That this week he doesn't have to. I had some late work days, too. Yeah. So mine is going to be the only one today. But I tried to fill in the space by kind of doing two. Okay. That are kind of related. So I'm really, really excited about this one. It's a super frustrating one, but it's very interesting. I am doing The Disappearance of Brandon Swanson. Have you heard anything about this? I don't think so. Okay, so my sources were Wikipedia, always, The Medium, The Marshall Independent, and this TikToker named Crime with Court. Okay. Sorry, not sorry that I get my information from TikTok. I don't care. Keep bringing those great stories. Stop judging me. So Brandon Swanson was just a typical 19-year-old kid. Honestly, there's not a lot of articles that go into his family life or past or anything about him. I know that he had just graduated from Marshall High School in Marshall, Minnesota. Oh, okay. Minnesota. Minnesota. In 2007. And he enrolled in the local community college slash like tech college. 
where he was going to study wind turbine technology. Okay. That's a scary-ass job, sir. Yeah. Having to work up on those wind turbines? Hell no. Our entire story starts on Tuesday, May 13th, 2008. It was Brandon's last day of class for that semester, so he decided to head to Lind, which is a town just 10 miles south of his house, to hang out with some friends and celebrate that the school is over. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and kind of explain the area in which all the things are going to happen really quickly, just so you have some context whenever I'm going over this. So let's say where he lives, Marshall, is like the center of a map. Okay. Right? Lind is, like I said, just 10 minutes south. Okay. And then all the way in the top left corner of this map would be a town called Camby. And it's 30 minutes away from Marshall, like the center of the map. So they're pretty close. Yes. And that's where he goes to college in Camby. And he lives in Marshall. And it's a straight shot highway in between the two of them. Okay. And he drives it every day because he lives in Marshall. Right. Or I guess every day he has class. The highway you would go down is Highway 68, and it is like a two-lane, there's like through farms, and it's not like an interstate or anything crazy. Rural areas. Yeah, in fact, I pulled it up on uh, Google, like satellite images, and it is literally just fields all the way through it. So like I said, Brandon went to that party or a get-together, if you will. Just 10 minutes south in Lind. Okay. And to Lind, it's only one highway again. It's this one, this highway, it's Highway 23. It's a little different than the highway that he goes to college on because one side of it is kind of covered in this state park that's, I wouldn't say mountains, but like hiking hills. Oh, okay. You know, just hills. Hills. People at the party that he was at in Lind said that he just had a couple of beers. And then he left to go to a different party. And he ended up leaving, they said, somewhere in between 10.30 and 11.30. But he was completely sober. Mm-hmm. He ended up driving back to Camby, which is where he goes to college at, yep. 30 minutes from his house, to go to another party. People said whenever he got there, he had a shot of whiskey and he left around midnight. So based off that, I'm going to assume he left the first party, like more towards 10.30, because that would mean he got to the second one around... Like 11, 11. maybe 11.15 if he stopped. And since he left at midnight, I mean, he wasn't there but for 45 minutes. And he took one shot of whiskey. And again, people at this party said that he was not intoxicated whatsoever. So he gets in his car, and it's supposed to be a straight shot down that Highway 68 that I was talking about that he's driven every day. And he should arrive home 12.30. Makes sense. And let's even say 1 a.m., At the least. Like, I couldn't find, like, any gas stations or anything to stop at in between, like, where he lives. I'm sure there are, but I didn't see them on Google Maps. So, let's say 1231, he would get home. Well, at about 2 a.m., Brandon called his parents and said that his Chevy Lumina, which means nothing to me, Uh his car, he had driven it into a ditch and he couldn't get it out. Okay. Now, it wasn't, like, crashed into a ditch, but the way they described it was that the side of the car was, like, on one half the ditch, the middle of the car was on the other, so the wheels were hanging. Right. He couldn't get traction. Right. So, immediately, Brandon's parents, Annette and Brian, jump in their car, and they head towards Lind, because that's where he said he was coming from. So, again, just, I don't mean to harp on the time, but... If he leaves Camby at midnight, mm-hmm. that's a 30-minute drive home. So he should be 1230. We said 1 o'clock at the latest. And he calls them at 2. So it kind of makes sense to me. And now he's saying he's in Lind. So it kind of makes sense to me that maybe he drove, that he wasn't feeling the party. Right. He drove towards his house and was like, maybe I should go back and see if they're still partying at the first place. Yeah. Drives back. Maybe nobody's there. Then he gets his car stuck and he spends probably 45 minutes trying to unstick it before he... And his phone records showed that he had actually called a couple of friends, too, before he called his parents. Oh, okay. Probably because he didn't want to wake him up at 2 a.m. to get his car unstuck. So the time difference there makes sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they stay on the phone with Brandon the entire time because, like I said, it's a five-minute drive down to this other place Mm -hmm. where his car is. And they said that he sounded completely sober. 
He told them that he wasn't hurt. Now, I don't know if they didn't ask or he just didn't tell or what, because I would have been like, well, how'd you get your car in a ditch? Yeah. But no one ever says that they asked or he said anything about it. But they said, hey, when you see our headlights, flash your headlights. And they could not find him. And he's like, I'm flashing my headlights. They're like, do you see us? He's like, no, I don't see you. They're like, okay, we're flashing our headlights. That's how rural this area uh-huh. is. Yeah. And it's flat except for the state park on that has the hills on one side. Yeah. The highway is pretty flat, so you can see a really, really long distance. And okay. there's no one else on the highway, so they're like trying to find each other that way. Well, they could not find him. They even start honking their horn, and he's like, I can't hear a horn. So they're like, honk your horn, and they could hear it through the phone, but they couldn't hear it outside of the car. They search in the wrong area? Well, he starts getting really pissed off about it because he's like frustrated because he thinks they're lost. So he's like starting to be like, did you drive down Highway 23? Are you going towards Lind? I am on the side. I ran off into like where there's a gravel road and I'm in this ditch or whatever. And they're like, I'm sorry, I cannot see you. And they kept checking, like, over and over again, you're on Highway 23. And he's like, yes. He even says, I can see the lights of Lind, like the town. Right. I can see them. They spend 45 minutes on the phone with each other trying to find him. Oh, my God. This was a five-minute drive. Right. On a two-lane highway that is so dark it doesn't have lights that they should be able to see his lights. And Absolutely. And they spent 45 minutes, or 47 minutes on the phone trying to find him. How many they, U-turns did they make? Oh, my God. Her? I can't even imagine. So he gets really frustrated, and he says, listen, there's a bar down by Lind. I'm going to walk, and, you know, I'm, his dad knows what bar he's talking about. Uh-huh. He's like, I can see the lights of it. I'm going to walk down to that parking lot, go down there, and pick me up. Okay. And his dad's like, okay. So it's like almost 3 a.m., and it's a Wednesday. A school night. So... Brandon's dad goes and drops Annette, his mom, off at home so she can go back to sleep. And he's like, I'm going to go get Brandon Uh because it's a five minute drive at most. Yeah. So he hops and he's on the phone with Brandon. He's like, I'm driving towards that bar. Stay on the phone with me until I get there. And Brandon's like, "Okay," And he's giving him updates like I'm on this gravel road. Then he says, I'm taking a short cross. What? A short cross? A short cross. That's not it. A shortcut across a field. And his dad's like, okay, you know, just make sure you can still see the lights. And he's like, I can. At one point, he says, I hear water running. Ah. So I was thinking maybe since he's near a state park and there is like a stream through that area, maybe. Uh, A babbling brook. Maybe. I don't know. But nevertheless, they continue to speak. And he was just updating his dad everywhere. He said it was pitch black and he couldn't see anything. He was just following those lights ahead of him. Okay. Walking through these fields. Yeah. Then out of nowhere, he yells, oh, shit, and the phone disconnects. Who yells this? Brandon. Okay. So, of course, his dad, Brian, calls him back over and over and over again, and his phone is going straight to voicemail. Oh. Like, it's just dead or turned off. So, Brian drove the highway, went to that bar, couldn't find him, is looking for hours, hours mm. for Brandon in these fields. He goes back home. Annette is calling all of Brandon's friends. Everybody's like, I have no idea. At 6.30 a.m., they finally call the police to report him missing. I didn't mean finally like they should have done it sooner. I just meant at 6.30. I mean, they've been looking now since 3. They decided to, yeah. Right. And immediately the police blew it off because he was 19. So a lot of times, you know how police are with missing persons. Yeah, but I'd like to think if you tell them, like, your last the conversation. circumstance, yeah. And he was like, oh shit, the line disconnected, and now his phone's going straight to voicemail. I right. I want to know what the hell happened. Well, Annette was having, his mom was having none of that, like them blowing it off, because they were like, he's 19. Teenagers do this all the time. If he wants to go out and stay out all night, he can. And she's like, fuck y'all. And is like, take this seriously. Something's wrong with my son. It took them hours of pleading with the Lynn police till they finally opened up a missing persons case. So, like I said, this highway, the 10-minute drive from Mm -hmm. his house to, you know, Lind, Mm -hmm. is just a one-shot highway, and now it's bright outside. You got a few exits. The exits are, like, to farms, like private properties, gravel roads. Right. And it's, this is happening in May, so they said that their crops weren't, like, super high or anything. You could really kind of see all over. Okay. So, really... This 10-minute drive on this straight-shot road 
now that the sun is up, you should find a car. Right. This isn't a needle in a haystack situation. Yeah. This is like a big fucking sword in a fucking haystack. Okay. Luckily, the police were able to obtain Brandon's phone records pretty quickly. And holy shit. What happened? Hold on to your butts. Got it. His phone records showed that the last place he was was in a town called Taunton. Hmm? And that is a town in between Marshall and Canby off of Highway 68, almost halfway through. He was never on Highway 23 headed towards Lind. No. He was on the highway in between his house and his college. And his college. Right. Damn. He was actually only 13 miles or 21 kilometers from Canby. And his phone records show he never went back to Lind that night. So when he left at midnight mm -hmm. from that party, somehow there's a two-hour section. He only made it 13 miles in two hours. Chance. <laughs> but he didn't get lost because he drives this shit all the time. But he didn't know where he was. I know, but I'm so... This is why this story is so crazy to me. Okay. So, now there's more questions, especially, I mean, I have so many questions already. If he would have left at midnight, he would have made it to the place where his phone record showed at 12.15. Okay. It was 2 a.m. when he called his parents. They oh. looked for 47 minutes. Uh-huh. So, it's almost 3 a.m. whenever he said, oh, shit. Uh-huh. And hung up the phone. He's so pissed. He sent me looking in the wrong direction, kid. And my other question is, if he wasn't high or drunk... Which, of course, we have no way of knowing. Because right. the people at the parties, they could just be trying to cover for him. Mm -hmm. They could have not seen what he was drinking. He yeah. could have been drinking beforehand or on the drive or whatever. But his parents said that he sounded completely sober on the phone. Yeah. I mean, however, I don't know. But if he wasn't drunk or high, then why the fuck did he think he was on a different highway in Lind? And these are areas that he drives every day, so it's not like he just got turned around. It's like he suffered from missing time. Yes. Aliens. So police searched the area where his cell phone was last used, and they ended up finding his car on a gravel road a mile north of Highway 68. Oh. Like he had taken a farm road off of 68, a gravel road, uh -huh. and his car was just a mile north. And it was in a ditch with the... the wheels hanging yes, off. Yes, the wheels not touching the ground. Now, I Google mapped the location, and it is literally just fields in all directions. Really? All directions. And the farthest that Brandon could have gone from his car was about two and a half miles. Like, and the way that they figured this out was his parents knew he was at his car when they called because they could hear him honking the horn through the phone. Right. So they knew he was at his car. They knew he couldn't move his car. Mm -hmm. So by the time they started looking and found his phone, they figured out how fast he could have walked from that time okay. until they found his car. Yeah. And they figured it was about two and a half to three miles. So that's how they set their search radius. Perfect. I understand. So here's the thing. Where his car was found, there's a river just right below it. It would take like 20 minutes to walk there from where his car was. Okay. To where the river was. All right. Now, they didn't say whether or not whenever he was like, hey, I'm just going to walk to the bar, how long he was on the phone with his dad. Uh-huh. They didn't even say what time he said, oh, shit, and hung up. So I really don't know. He could have been walking for 20 minutes. But remember when he said, I hear water. Right. So it could have been that river. That river. And the town of Taunton was just on the other side of the river, which mm -hmm. you could see the light. Whoa. Those were the lights that he saw. I glitched. You did glitch. That was weird. <laughs> that was very strange. <laughs> you could see the lights in Taunton from where his car was if you just started walking south towards uh -huh. it. Since he was on a gravel road, there were no footprints to show yeah. what direction or any type of evidence anywhere around the car. In fact, the car had no damage, and it was like not messed with at all. There was no signs of a struggle or anything in his car. So the river that was near his car is called Yellow Medicine River, and it runs south to a town called Miniota. That's a funny word. Ugh, don't even get me started about Miniota. What's wrong with Miniota? It's Miniota, Minnesota. <laughs> so imagine if you're... That's cute. No. Imagine <laughs> if you are from there and someone's like, hey, where are you from? And Miniota, you go, Minnesota. You go, Miniota? 
they're going to think that you fucked up saying Minnesota. Uh-huh. So they're going to go Minnesota. And then you have to go. <sighs> yeah. Because you fucking are. <laughs> that is a terrible thing they did to people. Anyways, I, I digress. digress. Oh, my God. How <laughs> did you know I was going to say that? It's... Did I say that a lot? No. Oh. I just. You're psychic. Yeah. So this river runs down to Minneota. And his, shut up. His phone pinged in a tower down there. Okay. So he was in that area, or his phone was. Well, I don't know. So they sent a search team to focus on that area, and they or the space in between his car and Minneota, and they could not find anything. Interesting. Right. They brought in an aerial search team, bloodhounds, and other departments from surrounding cities to help look, and plus just volunteers on foot. They installed gates in the river, which I thought that was so interesting. And morbid. It is very morbid, but think but about yeah. it. How do you drag a river, yeah. like an active river, you put gates in it so it catches anything that's going down it. So yeah. they put a bunch of gates in the river. He didn't turn up. And on the morning after he disappeared, the river was 10 feet at its deepest. Is is that deep? No. I mean, for a river? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. There are swimming body. pools ten feet deep. Uh, the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> but no, it was. It's not a very deep river. Okay. So they were pretty confident that they would be able to find any if there was a body in it. Uh huh. It's more like a crick. Please don't say crick. <laughs> There's a crick in your neck. And a creek. In your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think I was going to say butt? Yeah. You're so mature. <laughs> Shut up. I swear we're not drunk this time. After the first week of searching, most of the efforts had stopped. Like, they had... Pulled, Came up with nothing. They pulled back the bloodhounds. They pulled back the aerial searches and whatever. But the sheriff who took on this case mm-hmm. from that area, he walked the two miles from the car to, like, Taunton or the... I don't know exactly. They just said he walked two miles. But, like, the place that they think that he was walking to, uh-huh. he walked those two miles every single day for 30 days straight, hoping that he could see anything. Oh, damn. I know. Then, that fall, after the crops in the area had been harvested, they restarted efforts again. Uh-huh. Hoping that since there was no visual obstruction, they could find something. Right. Or maybe something was... That's kind of redundant. Maybe something was hidden in the crops. I don't know. But they looked again and they found nothing. Then, after the snow fell and melted, they looked again. And they kept this cycle of after the crops, after the snow. It was like a seasonal thing. Yes. Almost. They did that all the way until 2011. And this happened in 2008. 2008. Yeah. In 2010, they set up a tip line. And by 2015, they had received 90 tips. But nothing panned out. God, and... That happens so much. These people get inundated with all these tips right. and leads that well, end up and going it's nowhere. Not, right. It's not people trying to be assholes. Sometimes you just hear someone talking well, about something. sometimes it is. Yeah. But sometimes you just overhear someone saying something or some dickhead like, yeah, I'm the one that, that took him or, you know, just something. Right. So yeah. you got to call that in no matter what. Yeah. Get them stitches. Here's the saddest fucking thing. The Swansons have left their porch light on every single night since Brandon's disappearance, and they still do. Oh. Because he has not been found. That's sad. So, let's get into some theories. Yeah. So, as with any adult that goes missing, there's always the theory of they wanted to start over or run away. Uh Uh-huh. Which is always bullshit to me. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not always bullshit. Maybe there are people that just, like, start over and run away. But in this case, I just... I don't why, see that happening. And why would he call his parents and say, come get me, if he was planning on starting over? Yeah. And what, you were going to start over in the middle of nowhere without a car? Done that up. Agreed. So let's take that one off the table. Gone. The next theory is that some people think that he drowned in Yellow Medicine River. And they think that when he said... How deep was it? Don't do this. (laughs) Ten feet at its deepest. Okay. But, I don't know, maybe he hit his head. Maybe, I don't know. Some people think that when he said, oh shit, it was him stepping into the river without knowing it was there. 
and falling in. And his phone would immediately be damaged exactly. and killed. That's, yeah. But there was a bloodhound that tracked human scent to that water but picked it up on the other side. Uh, but it's, you can't tell if that's Brandon. Right. It could have been anybody. Just picked up another human scent on the other side. Well, it was the same human scent oh, on the yeah. other side. Oh, yeah. So, like, someone had walked across the river. The other option, of course, is foul play. And I think it'd be pretty fucking random if a serial killer was just waiting in some crops for or someone happened upon to him. wreck their car. Also, how did he wreck his car? Maybe just some, it's dark as fuck out there. Maybe he wasn't paying attention. And why did he go a mile north from the highway? Yeah, I don't know. And where was he for the two fucking hours he was missing? Chance. <laughs> but anyways, I go back to foul play. I think that if it was someone that may have done something to him, uh-huh. this is the theory that makes the most sense to me in that area. When there are a lot of farms and a lot of fields of crops, a lot of times people will plant weed in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And because of local teenagers or other people or what have you, they have people that watch that area at all times of the night. Yeah. Like, patrol it, kind of. Yeah. So, there's a theory that he may have stumbled upon a growing field. Uh-huh. And was killed because he saw where it was. Gotcha. Maybe was accidentally killed. Maybe was killed on purpose. Yeah. Who knows? That sucks. I know. And Occam's razor, of course, suggests that he probably was walking and somehow succumbed to the elements. Fell, hit himself. But if that's the case... His body would have been found. Yeah, you'd think so. And I looked there at the no weather. There's no Occam's razor on this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I looked at the weather, and in May in Minnesota, it's like mid-60s at night. So it's not like he froze or, <laughs> yeah. I mean... There's no elements to succumb to. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I could think of is he maybe fell, hit his head on a rock in that river, and somehow it took him faster than they realized. And Yeah, because I'm thinking it was something that... His phone was able to die immediately. Mm -hmm. so it's... Or maybe he said, oh, shit, because he realized his phone was dying. Yeah, that's possible, too. I mean, it was 2008. Maybe he had, I don't know, maybe he had one of those phones that beeped whenever it was, like, on its way out. Yeah. I used to have a Nokia flip phone that would beep at me at, like, 1%. <laughs> so, Charge I don't know. me. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened. But, it's, no, to me it seems like, yeah, he stepped off the bank by mm -hmm. accident, or slipped and fell into the water because immediately when his dad tries to call him back, he doesn't get an answer. But he goes straight to voicemail, like his phone was damaged. Agreed. But to play devil's advocate, your phone would not die right when it hit the water. It, there weren't waterproof phones. Well, and I know, but I don't think it would die right when it hit the water. I mean, and he said, "Oh shit," hung up, and then he called directly back. And not only that, but. How could he walk, even if it's completely pitch black, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And the moon is covered up by clouds. Uh-huh. This river has foliage on either side, trees and bushes and whatnot, mm -hmm. like yes. most rivers. Plant life. Yes. And so he'd have to trudge through that shit. Trudge. To get... Why did you laugh at trudge? <laughs> well, trudge is a... It's a great word. I like it. <laughs> It just made me smile when you said it. Thanks. <laughs> I swear we're not drunk. <laughs> um, it, it's not like you could accidentally. I mean, if you wouldn't. A fucking river wouldn't sneak up on you is what I'm saying. Right. You could hear it. You're already going through bushes and whatnot. And you've been walking through fields. He said he could hear the water. Yeah. I can't imagine him falling down an embankment into the river. And maybe he did, but, oh, that's another thing. It was 10 feet at its depth, but within the days after, it lowered significantly. Really? Like, significantly. They didn't say by how much, but even, like, if it was 6 feet at its depth, mm -hmm. yes, the water's moving really fast, but a body's not going to get buried in that river. Right. It's going to come to the surface. Yeah. And it wasn't very big, the river, so it would have been on the bank somewhere. And they never found him. Hmm. But all of those theories aside, you know what I think happened. Aliens. 100% aliens. All right. 100% aliens. Yeah. Because I think that they had already abducted him. 
Uh huh. That's mid- why he was missing time uh-huh. and didn't know where the fuck he was. Yeah. I know that sounds crazy, but I think that he was driving along a fucking dim lit highway all by himself, no one around. They abduct him. They're like, oh, let's check this guy out, put him back in his car. He wakes up in the car like, where the fuck am I? And they didn't set his car down right, so now he can't even fucking drive off. Well, it's like, you know, with abduction stories, they try to make things familiar to you. Mm -hmm. So you'll see repetitive things in your life or things that you see repetitively in your life. Right. So maybe his drive to and from college, that was a familiar spot for him. So they set him down there. Exactly. Yeah. But I think that they fucked up and set him down a mile north of his drive oh, and yeah. Yeah. on an embankment to where he couldn't even get his car to go. Those guys. And I think that he just basically woke up in his car out of whatever days they put him in and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and assumed he was at Lynn because maybe he did drive down there. Oh, no, his cell phone showed he didn't. Maybe he lost a bunch of time and forgot going to the party at Camby. Maybe he just remembered going to the party at Lind. But he woke up all disheveled and confused, called his dad, and they had also put down maybe some aliens in that area to look at the crops and shit. Uh-huh. And I think he stumbled upon them and was like, oh, shit. And they did something, which, of course, would automatically turn your phone off because they probably have that capability. They could do that. Yeah. They got more technology than a river. I agree. Now, that might seem insensitive because this is someone's child that disappeared. And I am not at all trying. I'm not making fun of this. I truly fucking believe in that shit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the silver lining in this case is that Brandon's parents still upset about the initial reaction the police had when they were like, he's 19. They helped create a law called Brandon's Law. And it made it to where police have to treat a missing adult case the same way they treat a missing child's case. Oh, okay. Meaning that they have to immediately start an investigation. They can't just say, hey, call me tomorrow if he's not back. I gotcha. Type shit. They also have to notify other agencies around so they can keep the lookout. And they have to keep the county that the disappearance happened in as the lead investigators. Okay. Because that's the thing that fucks people up sometimes. Like, in this case, they reported him missing in Lind, but his car was found near Taunton. Mm-hmm. So it's like, who Who's runs with it? Right. And... So when I was researching this story, I started to panic a little bit because I thought that I had already covered it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because this is the disappearance of Brandon Swanson. Mm-hmm. And on episode 25, I did the disappearance of Brandon Lawson. Okay. Isn't that crazy? That's super weird. And, and when you said it, I was thinking in the back of my head, I was like, this is, is, that name sounds super familiar. Oh, not only is the name familiar, but the story's familiar. Oh, you just cut and pasted. Pretty much. Let me recap that one. I mean, yeah. whoever's listening, y'all might have already heard it. If not, you can go back and listen to it. It's episode 25. But here's... Here was that case. Brandon was like 26. This happened in 2013. He got into a fight with his girlfriend and he was going to drive four hours to his dad's house who lived near Abilene, Texas. Uh huh. He left his house at 1130 and he called his brother an hour later and said his truck ran out of gas and they needed, he needed them to come pick him up. Uh-huh. So his brother and his girlfriend get in a car and go get him and they can't find him. Meanwhile, he made like a flurry of phone calls. And he, he called 911. He called his That's girlfriend. Right. He called yeah. and but his phone wouldn't connect. Right. Yeah. I'm remembering this now. And he was on a road with fields all around him. Uh-huh. Nothing else. And when they finally found his truck, he was not on the route that he would have been going to his dad's house on. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Yeah. He was on a completely different place. Well, he got his, his brother and him kept periodically talking, but the call kept dropping and they kept trying to call each other back. Mm -hmm. And when they finally got to his truck, they were like, we're here. Where are you? And he said, I'm right here. Yeah. And they did not see him anywhere. Right. Well, then they kept, the call dropped and they kept calling him back and they couldn't get a hold of him. Yeah. So finally they later found out that he had dialed 911 several times and they got the transcript from it, and he was screaming about somebody chasing him. Uh-huh. And he was like, hurry, I'm bleeding. He was saying all these crazy things. 
and he has never been found. That's wild. Never been found. Yeah. And that story led me to another one that I remembered. Okay. Which is cut from the same cloth as well. Oh, wow. So let me begin my second story. Please do. This is going to be a long-ass episode. That's all right. Okay, so on this one, I only got my sort. I only got all my information from one article. I'm usually pretty good about trying to get it from different ones because you know how people add and take yeah. away different things. But this one I didn't have a lot of time. So I just got all my information from an article on medium.com. This is the disappearance of Bryce Las Pisa. Another BL name? Brandon Swanson, Brandon Lawson, and Bryce Lapiza. BL? The first one's BS. BS, BL. I know, but... I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. Well, and this one happened in 2013, the same year that Brandon Lawson in Texas went missing. Wow. Now, this one has some elements in it that are not in the other ones that make it a little bit less random. But in 2013, Bryce was finishing up his freshman year at Sierra College in California, and that's about 30 minutes outside of Sacramento, California. So this is Northern California. Yes. He was planning on majoring in graphic design, and he was described as like a really extremely friendly, outgoing kind of guy. And his first year of college was super successful. Like, he made a bunch of friends. He started, he got a new girlfriend. He did really well in his classes. Good for him. Yeah, all the good things. Well, when the semester was over, he drove home to his parents' house, who lived in Laguna, well okay i'm gonna yeah let's go with it okay and that was almost an eight hour drive because they are near la i feel like california is like the only other state besides texas and alaska where you can drive for like fucking 10 hours and still be in the same state yeah absolutely you know people like up in the northeast think that's crazy because <laughs> yeah. you could drive like 10 minutes either direction and you're like in, in a different in state, state yeah. yeah i would like that so anyways, the semester was over and he's driving home to spend the summer at his parents' house. He goes there, he stays the summer, everything's great. He even takes some classes at a local community college just so he can get ahead of uh -huh. courses or whatever. Smart. Now it's fall and college is starting back up and he's headed off back up to Sierra College. Cool. Classes started on August 26th and that day, that evening, he called his mom. He's like, oh my gosh, I love my new classes. He's telling her all about his shit. She's like, he sounded normal. Everything sounded great. But what she didn't know is that for the week or so he had been there before school started, his friend said that he was drinking pretty heavily. Really? Well, they said that he would finish a couple of liquor bottles a weekend, and I thought, hmm, same. Like, <laughs> college, I think that I was going pretty hard. Yeah. They also said that he was um, using Vivance. Do you know what Vivance is? No. So it's prescribed for ADHD. It's a lot like Adderall. Okay. And it's a stimulant. So it's like, I don't know. When I was in college, everyone was buying and taking Adderall. Yeah. So normal, normal college things. I'm not advocating for it, but he's not a bad kid. No. This is normal That's college normal. bullshit. And I think it was setting off alarms with his friends because he wasn't a heavy drinker before. And all of a sudden he came back and was like tying yeah. one on. Well, his girlfriend said that he had stayed up all night the night before. This was, Remember I told you it was August 26th, mm -hmm. the first day of classes. He had taken Vivance and stayed up the entire night before classes so he could play Xbox with his friends. Yeah. <laughs> and then he went to class, called his mom, said everything was great. Well... She ended up, his girlfriend ended up sending him a text like, hey, you're partying too much and it's freaking me the fuck out. And he was like, we should break up. And she was like, what? And he's like, you're better off without me. And she's like, what the fuck? So then later on that night, he ends up going over there, but it was to like properly break up with her. Uh -huh. He wasn't trying to get back with her or anything. Right. Well, when he gets there, she's like, you need to fucking sleep. You look like shit. And takes his keys and is like, cool, we break up, we break up, but you need to fucking sleep. Mm -hmm. You cannot leave here. So he fights her for him. He ends up calling his mom and is like, mom, Aww. don't make fun of him for that. Okay. Because I think that our son would do that. <laughs> My girlfriend won't let me leave. <laughs> I do think he would. Maybe now because he's 14, but later I could see that not happening. Maybe I'm just wishful thinking. But he calls his mom and he's like, she won't let me leave. Can you please tell her that I sound okay and that I can drive? So the mom gets on the phone and the girlfriend gives the keys back. 
because right. the mom's like, he sounds fine. Yeah. Let him go home. Right. So the mom thinks, you know, he's going back to his college apartment. Mm-hmm. But the next morning, they get a notification that one of the cars that they have insured needed roadside assistance. Uh-oh. Or had been in a wreck or something yeah. like that. And they're like, what the fuck? So they call Bryce. He doesn't answer. And they start freaking out. They call his roommate. The roommate's like, he never came home. Oh. They call the girlfriend. The girlfriend's like, he never came back here. So they log on to their insurance company and they like online and they find out that Bryce had called roadside assistance at 9 a.m. that morning in a town called Buttonwillow, which was over four hours south of his college. But it was on the route to their house. Remember I told Halfway. you it was... Yeah, it was like an eight-hour drive, yeah. Right. So it looked like he had left his girlfriend's house uh-huh. and decided, but there's missing time there. Yeah. Because he left her house... Oh, I didn't say this, but he left her house at midnight. Or 1130, I'm sorry. He left her house at 1130 because that was whenever he called his mom. Uh-huh. And she gave the keys back and he left. So there's missing time because 1130, four hours later, 330. Uh-huh. And this was 9 a.m. He was in that town. Yeah. So they call, like, apparently roadside assistance will call, like, a nearest auto body shop type thing. Mm-hmm. They find out who they called. They call that auto body shop. And they're like, hey, our son called for roadside assistance. You guys were the ones that responded. Can you tell us what happened? And this sweet, sweet, sweet man. <laughs> I don't know his age. I don't know anything about him. I just know his name is Christian. But he answers, and he's like, yeah, we roadside assistance called, and he had run out of gas, so I filled up three gallons, and I went out there, and I put it in his car. And they're like, well, we can't get a hold of him, and we're panicking, like, I don't know what to do. And he's like, well, why don't I run out there uh-huh. to where he was? And this was now noon. Yeah. It was 930 when he did that. Yeah. And he's like, he's not going to be there, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe I can do something. Or see him just further down the road or something. Right. So he runs over there, and sure enough, Bryce is sitting in his car. The hell? In the exact same spot that he was in when Christian came and gave him that gas. Okay. And he's on the phone with Bryce's mom, and he's like, hey, your mom's on the phone. Which, again, can we just say how sweet Christian is? That he was like, let me drive back out there and keep you on the phone. Yeah. He gets better. And honestly, I can't imagine how relieved they were in that moment, knowing that there he is, like, sitting there, Mm because they couldn't get a hold of him. Yeah. They finally found him. Well, again, when they put her on the phone, he didn't give a clear answer as to why he was still sitting there or what had happened or anything. She said he didn't sound high or drunk, but he just wasn't offering up much details, and he was kind of put out that... Yeah. Now this auto body guy is showing up with his mom on the phone. He's yeah. kind of like, what the fuck is happening right now? So she told him, head to our house, which is still like three hours and 45 minutes away. Uh-huh. And we'll be waiting on you. So you should be here like five-ish. Okay. So right now I have so many questions because she, this woman and I are completely different people. And I am not at all trying to parent shame because... I just, this is coming from an overbearing control freak. I would immediately be like, where's your motherfucking phone? Is it dead? Why did you not answer my phone call? Is it dead? Put it on Christian's charger. Yeah. And if I heard him and he wasn't giving me answers, I'd say, you know what, Christian, please don't let him leave. Put him in the car with you. Take him back to your shop and I'm driving up there and getting him. Yeah. Which is quite the overreaction for your son ran out of gas and didn't answer your phone calls. Right. But... (laughs) That is who I am. So he's supposed to be home at 5, around 7 p.m. They had not shown up. He wasn't answering his phone the entire time. And his parents reported him missing. Luckily, in this situation, police acted super fast. Oh, good. They immediately get his cell phone carrier to ping his phone and find out where it's at. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, where do you think it's at? Button Willow, where he was when he ran out of gas. Oh. Okay. This is now like... Five, six hours later. Uh Uh-huh. So they end up sending some deputies out there, and they find him just sitting in his car, parked not very far from where he ran out of gas, right off the highway. The officers were like, hey, man, 
what are you doing? Your parents reported you missing. And he said, I'm just trying to blow off some steam before I drive home. They ended up searching his car and not finding anything. They gave him a field sobriety test and he passed passed. it. No problem. They said, you need to call your mom. And he was like, yeah, yeah, okay. And they were like, no, give me your phone. And they call the mom from his phone. And they're like, we just, you know, he's not drunk. He's not high. Here he is, puts him on the phone. And she is like, get on the highway and come home now. Yeah. And he's like, I will. And she's like, get something to eat. We'll see you here in a bit. Because now he's going to get home like at 11. God. 10 or 11. They hang up. The police can't do anything about no, it. he's not breaking the law. And he's not a minor so they're like all right bud get going so then several hours later come on sweet man christian Mm -hmm. happened to drive by the highway and see bryce's car sitting where the police had stopped him bryce circled back around went up to the car called his mom because he still has the number from when she Uh called and was like your son is still sitting here next to the highway Turns out he hadn't moved since the police had been there. And she gets on the phone with Bryce again, who's still not answering his motherfucking phone. And she's like, get on the highway now. And Christian's like, I'm going to follow him until he gets on the highway. So Christian follows him to a gas station. He gets gas. He gets soda, a soda. And he gets on the highway. And Christian follows him like 10 miles, calls her and says he's not driving crazy. I think he's finally headed home. And Mm -hmm. she's like, thank you so much. How sweet is that man? He's very sweet. I know. The next communication they had with Bryce was at 1.50 a.m. He called and said that he had detoured a bit, but his GPS said that he would be home at 3.25 a.m. Jeez. But less than 20 minutes later, he called back and said that he needed to pull over and sleep for a bit because he was exhausted. Yeah. So they're like, all right, got it. At 8 a.m. the next morning, a California Highway Patrolman rang their door and said that they had found Bryce's car, and it was smashed up and on its side on a road. Oh, no. It had gone off a 25-foot embankment and landed on its side on a road. Oh. But he was not in it. Where'd he go? I don't know. The area that he had to drive through to get up to that embankment, like off to the cliff part or whatever, Uh was in a recreational area near a lake, so there were some security cameras. And they caught his car at 2.15 a.m., which was just minutes after he called his mom and said, I need to take a nap. Yeah. Uh, Driving past the cameras up the hill. Well, there's no cameras that catch the opposite side where you come Come down down. off the hill. But they caught him again going back up the hill at 4.29 a.m. What? So we don't know how long he... Maybe he took a nap up there. Yeah. And then drove down and came back. Or maybe he went up there, drove down, and came back later. Who knows? Um, but the wreck, the car was found at 5.30 a.m. So just an hour after the, he went up the second time. Uh-huh. So they're pretty confident that the second time was he stayed up there and went off. Yeah. He, he didn't come back. Well, obviously, because they didn't catch him a third right. time. <laughs> after investigating the scene, they were able to determine that he accelerated towards the embankment. He never tried to stop, so it wasn't an accident. They also discovered that the rear window had been smashed out from the inside. Uh-huh. But his cell phone, wallet, laptop, all in the car. There was a duffel bag in the car that was upright and opened and rifled through. So he got something out of there before he left the car. Other than that, there was no evidence. There was no blood. There was, like, no footprints. There was nothing. Wow. And he has never been seen again. They drug the lake next to it. They did all the things. They could not find any evidence anywhere. There are some theories that there's a truck stop not too far that maybe he walked there, hopped on a truck, and never looked back. Mm-hmm. That's what his parents like are hoping he, for. Like he accelerated the car and jumped out the driver's side and let the car go off the edge or something? No, because he kicked out the back window. So he was in the car when yeah. it went off the embankment. Yeah. I mean, it's to me, it seems fairly obvious that he was trying to kill himself. Okay. And it didn't work. Right. But... Maybe when it didn't work, he had, like, a change of heart, or maybe he was dazed and had no idea how he got... Amnesia? Well, I don't even know about him. Maybe. Maybe that's why he never reached out to his parents again. Or maybe he was pissed it didn't work and found another way. You know, who his knows? His body was never recovered. Yeah, but why wouldn't it be? They searched for months and uh, yeah. months. Yeah. I mean, it's... Should have found something if Same was... thing. Bloodhounds. All sorts of shit. I mean, aerial... 
I mean, they did everything they could to find him, and they never have. And that was 2013. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? That is super crazy. I know. So all three of those men, boys, men, Mm -hmm. all disappearing without a trace. And they have similar initials. You gotta let that go, man. (laughs) So how did I do? It was a me-only episode, which is why I'm broken out in hives right now. I thought it was great. Thanks. I'm never doing this again. You have to tell a story. Okay. Oh my gosh, you know what I heard today that I wanted to tell you on here? Tell me. I heard it from a girl on TikTok, and I wish I would have written down her name. I'll find it and say it next time. But she does, like, news recaps. And she said that today mcdonald's won a lawsuit okay because their ice cream machines are always broken yes and they they are made by a company called taylor Uh uh-huh and the way taylor has in their contract is that only a certified taylor person can work on them yes when they're broken which is extremely hard to schedule yeah they said that at any given time, 11% of McDonald's ice cream machines are down, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Wasn't there like an app that you could find out? Yes, which ones were down and which ones were working. Yeah. Well, somebody came in and found a, a tool to make a diagnostic to figure out what was wrong with an ice cream machine. Uh-huh. Uh, and some of the problems were so simple that McDonald's workers could easily fix it within a matter of minutes. Uh-huh. But... Taylor found out about that and Uh-oh. tried to sue and get the patent for the diagnostic machine. And McDonald's was like, this is fucking crazy. We're like the biggest place in the entire world. And we have to wait on these assholes to come fix our, our yeah, machine. It's ridiculous. And nobody knew that. Everyone thought McDonald's were just assholes. Right. Not fixing their fucking ice cream. But no, it was like this whole contract they had. Okay. So they sued and won the right to fix their own ice cream machines nice. now. Nice. Way to yeah. go, McDonald's. I was proud. <laughs> I thought that maybe we should end every episode with some little tidbit we know so people are not sad after it. That's too much work. That'll be my job. I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways. So that was our episode. Oh my God. I'll let you go ahead and and do the entire outro since you didn't have a story today. Okay. So everyone, thank you so much for listening. (laughs) It has been great. Bringing these words to your ears. Keep going. And thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Do you not know what I say every time? Come on. As always, thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Three times. (laughs) Come on, you got this. We love you guys. And cheers to Gigi. Thanks, y'all.